season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the JKR Podcast. My name is Jace Riggling and I'm the host. We have another weekend here with three great baseball players, three great guests. Today we're going to have Arkansas Sticks, Georgia Bombers player, Georgia Bombers player, um, Texas A&M commit for the 2023 class. We got Jet Johnston on the show. Also got tomorrow, we got Tennessee baseball commit for the 2023 class. Plays for USA Prime, just, get, just got back from the PDP. Derek Schaefer on the show. Um, and then Sunday to wrap up the weekend, we've got another Arkansas Sticks player, TCU baseball commit for the class of 2023. Got Trip Landers on the show. But just digging in more into today's guest, Jet Johnston, um, down there at the Connie Mack World Series right now. Great ball player. Uh, great conversations today with Jet. Um, some great content. Hope you guys really enjoy it. Um, but today we discussed playing for multiple travel teams. Obviously, like I said, playing for the Georgia Bombers and playing for Coach Brewster and the Arkansas Sticks. We dig into that recruiting process. Also talk about the Tennessee State Championship, which he played in last year. I um, mean, just much more. Dig into his whole career so far. So uh, really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you guys do as well. So let's dig in. Jet, what's up, man? How are you? What's up? How are you? Pretty good. You back home? Yes, sir. When did you get back home? Uh, like five minutes ago. Oh, oh, I meant I met from oh, uh, Georgia. Uh, uh, let's yeah, yesterday. Okay, so you guys play. Who'd you guys? Who'd you guys? How far did you guys make it in that tournament? Well, final sixteen. Okay, because I know Cobra. Because that's what I was staying with when I was down there. Yeah. Um, I know he was saying you guys were. I can't remember what. It was like a big matchup that he really wanted to go to, but couldn't make it. Yeah, it was five star natty. Okay, and they beat you guys. Yeah, they beat us by it was two nothing. MJ MJ had a had a no hitter going through four because it was the five inning games. So yeah, winner go no hitter going into the last inning and then lead off double, and then it was like a walk walk and then like they ended up scoring two or something error or something. Okay, so, so you're you're done with travel ball now, right? No, I uh, I'm, I'm I'm back for let's see a couple days and then I leave for ten days to go play in the Connie Mack World Series in Farmington, New Mexico. Okay, okay. So you are in Tennessee or Texas? I'm in Tennessee now. Okay, because I saw in Perfect Game like it says both, so I wasn't sure. Oh, it did. Yeah, that's weird. No, I so I used to live in Texas and then before before my junior year started, I I moved to Tennessee. Okay. Uh, we can dig into that a little bit during the podcast, but okay. like on pr- the profile, it says you're from Fair Farago or whatever. Yeah, yeah Tennessee. Fair- Tennessee. Yeah. And then when you like when you're actually just like on the Google part, it says you're a, a third baseman, whatever, from Amarillo, Texas. So it says both. So I wasn't exactly sure. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Yeah. I'm from. Yeah. I lived in Amarillo, but now we live in Tennessee. Oh. So do you have any questions for me before we get started? Um. No, I'm good. Wait, is okay. it going to be like, is it going to be on like, are we going to see each other like FaceTime kind of thing? No. So um, every talking? once in a while, every once in a while I'll do that, but it costs me like 25 bucks an episode to do that. So I only do that maybe like once, like once every couple of weeks. Okay. I got uh, it. It's, it. It'll be just like this right now. Just be like a recorded phone call. Okay. So, 
Yeah. Um, one question for so it's just Jet Johnston, right? Yep. Okay, and then do you have an advisor at all right now? Uh, yeah, I'm like I have to. I'm like juggling some guys, but I think I'm gonna go with Frontline. Okay. So are you cool if we dig into that a little bit? Because that's what I'm trying to be once I graduate from college. Is yeah. An advisor. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, like whenever I get a player on, I like to just to get like the player side of things. Like, what was the reasoning you chose your guy? This and that. So yeah, yeah. Well, that I mean, that's good for me because like I haven't I haven't like decided yet, but I have okay. some like offers and like you know some 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 guys reaching out. So yeah, awesome. All right, cool. So I'll just get started. I'll be like, hey, welcome to the JKR podcast. I'll introduce you, and then we'll just get started. Okay. And welcome back to the JKR podcast. Today we have one of the top prospects in Tennessee, 2023 Texas A&M baseball commit. We got Jet Johnston on the show. Jet, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Ready to ready to talk it up. Uh, just got back from WWBA last night, and yeah, here we are. <laughs> oh yeah, awesome. So let's get into it. So one question, everybody, one thing. For those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly? Uh, I like to describe myself as a really hard worker. I don't really take things lightly. Uh, you know, been playing the game a long time. Try to do things right always, even if it's not always the best. You know, just always try to do the right thing. Um, and a, com- a competitor. I always like to compete, give it my all. So, yeah. Awesome. So you said you just got back from the WWBA. So let's dig into that, into that a little bit. So yeah. just dig into your whole travel ball experience as a whole. So yeah. right now you're playing for the Arkansas Sticks for Coach Brewster. So how long ago did you get connected with them? And then how long have you been playing for them? Yeah. Um, so funny story, like three years ago, I've been playing like a tournament with like one tournament a year with them for like a while now. Like it's been three or four years and let's see, I, so I played the MLK in Arizona my freshman year. And that was kind of like what started everything. He reached out to me. And then I played again for uh, the MLK tournament in Tomball the next year. And then, and then, so then this summer I was, you know, I was playing with my Texas team the very first tournament. And, you know, I was just like, you know, it's not, it's not going to work because it's, it's so far away and the travel. And there's great baseball in Georgia, which is really close. So with that, you know, we, uh, we decided that we were just going to play play in Georgia. And Coach Brewster had reached out and said that we that he needed a player. So I, I picked up with him for the first uh, PBR Classic in Lake at Lake Point and played good. So he asked me to come back, and then we played NBA with him. And then uh, I've, I've also been, like, splitting time with uh, the Georgia Bombers. So I've been playing, like, half and half. I've been playing, like, some tournaments with uh, Arkansas Sticks and then, like, the other ones with Georgia Bombers. Okay, so what are some of those challenges of playing? Uh, that was another question I was going to have for you. So, what's some of those challenges that it, it come come with playing with two different travel ball teams throughout the summer? Yeah, uh, I mean, you kind of just have to be like cool with both coaches and like let them know from the get go. Like, otherwise they'll be mad at you. You know, you gotta you gotta kind of tell them your plans from the get go, and that's try to that's always what I try to do. Just be straight up and not like you know get around it or anything. Like, hey, like I'm playing with playing with them for WWA or like, Hey, I'm playing with them for Hoover. Like, you know, that from the get go so that they wouldn't, you know, come down to me at the end. So, you know, just like, I would say just being straight up with them. And, and the, the good thing about playing with the two teams is, you know, both teams are really elite and make great, great friendships with, uh, 
with the players on both teams. So you, you know, you, you just get to meet more people and play with, play with great competition. And I don't know, it's just, it's something that I, it's something that I really liked. It wasn't, it wasn't really planned like that. Cause I was going to play with, I was going to play with the bombers from the get go. And then I just love what Brewster has going on over there. And so I had to, had to mix in, had to mix it in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So I saw, so I bought the, like the booklet with all the rosters when I was down there for the, the, the WWBA. Yeah. And I saw your name on both. And I was yeah. just like, so I was like, so who exactly, who exactly are you playing for this week? So that's why, that's why I shot you a text when I started seeing some bombers showing up to the complex. I was like, oh shoot, I might get to see you today. Yeah. But <laughs> I didn't realize you guys were, you guys were somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so you said Coach Brewster. Obviously, he's known throughout the travel ball world as just a great coach. So, what's it like playing for a coach like that? And just what's his overall personality on the field? Yeah, like kind of back to the thing where I was saying where we always try to do things right. Coach Brewster is like, you know, he's a really good guy and gets some of the best players in the country together to play. And he, you know, he just always tries to uh, tell, teach us to do the right things and just be like, just be great people and be great competitors. I mean, we always come out and give it our all. But at the end of the day, like, you know, we, we, we don't talk crap. We don't, we don't do all that stuff. We just, we just play, play baseball the way it's supposed to be played and, you know, do the right thing. Yeah. So what's it? So obviously the sticks team, the sticks and the bombers team that you play, both of them. Yeah. Um, they're loaded with nothing but power five commits. I mean, like you said, MJ Sayo, I mean, trip landers, a bunch of guys on the sticks bombers have a bunch of guys as well. Yeah. So what's it like playing with a bunch of guys that are just going to be that are elite ball players that are be going to the next level and not in competing up there as well. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Cause you know, everyone, everyone has the same goal in mind. Everybody wants to, you know, play college baseball or hopefully get drafted. And you know, all those things are just like, so like, so close, like it's just real. And whenever you're playing with a bunch of guys who are like in the same boat as you, you know, you can talk through a lot of things and like, you know, just, you just build like, you just build great connections with people like that. And, you know, you're gonna be playing them one day or on the same team as them one day. So, I mean, it's just like, it's just pretty like eye opening to like, you know, you're, you're playing with other, like other players that you're going to play with in four years. Like, I don't know. It's pretty awesome. So when you're looking at that schedule, like just the, t- the travel ball, the tournament schedule throughout the summer, how far in advance are you deciding what team you're going to be playing for each weekend? Uh, probably, I would say like, I, tr- I tried to do it at the beginning of the summer. Like I saw the schedule and let them know from the get go. Okay. So you said, you said you have, you're going to New Mexico for 10 days for the County Mac World Series. Yeah. Yes, sir. That, that's going to be with my, uh, with my Texas team. My, it, okay. Who's the Texas team you're playing for? Uh, United baseball. Okay. Yeah. So what's that? So you're playing with three different teams kind of this summer. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really playing with my Texas team. I just kind of played a, the very first tournament. It was like a, it was a qualifier for this team or for this for this uh, New Mexico thing. It was, uh, it was in Nashville, so it was just close. And then I haven't played with them the rest of the summer. It's just okay. playing this big tournament with them. Okay, so is this going to be your last part of travel ball, or how how many more summer before yeah. you start your senior year of high school? Yeah, yeah, this will be the last one. So we leave. Uh, I leave the nineteenth. Have team practice and team dinner. And then fly out the next morning on the twentieth at eight a.m. and uh, okay. yeah. So with with you having just a one more tournament left in your travel ball career, obviously you've been you've been playing travel ball for a while now. So what are when you're just looking back at your travel ball career, what are just some of your favorite memories that just come to mind? Just thinking, okay, like I've done this for a while now, it's coming to an end. Just what are some things that come to mind when you think about travel ball? Uh, I would say like the like all the all the kids that you play with man like it's just like you create like 
you create such great bonds and like you know all the like hotel goofy stuff that you do like you know with the team when you're staying with the hotel and like going to eat and you know shop and then like all the fun stuff and then of course like playing with them obviously that's you know that's it's so cool because ever you know ever not very many people go to the same high school that play on like you know the same summer team so it's just like so cool getting to like get together with a bunch of different guys that you wouldn't get to play with during the high school season and you know just like make great friendships and just play a bunch of baseball <laughs> yeah so so digging into high school so obviously you guys are probably starting what mid uh august september for high actual high school just going to school but what's the outlook on next spring looking like for your senior year of high school baseball you know it's 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 gonna be really good we won state this year we're uh we're the it's it goes as big as 4a in tennessee so that's like the biggest like public division and so we won state this year we uh we graduated a big starting pitcher and our starting catcher but everybody else was uh everybody else was a sophomore last year that played okay okay yeah yeah we have we have a lot uh we have a lot coming back i think we i mean yeah we're just losing like two main starters i mean obviously away from any of the seniors that were on the team but i just mean like two main starters and so we'll 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 bounce back with that and we'll have seven seven uh returning starters so we'll uh hopefully go to pete okay that's what i like to hear so what are you what are you needing to do to prepare in the clubhouse yeah exactly um I would say just like not trying to like just be like that big senior guy like just be myself like you know people are gonna follow me and I just got to set a good example um you know just being being in the weight room as much as I can uh doing the right things off the field um let's see always like always just you know picking it picking up my teammates just no matter like no matter what they're doing just trying to look out for them and you know just be like just be like a bigger brother to everyone and yeah just be like okay be like the like a mentor for them like people are going to look up to me so I need to be doing the right things you know what I mean yeah, yeah. so obviously winning the state championship last year playing for the bombers playing for the sticks i mean you're around great baseball players great baseball all the time but who do you think are some guys that have maybe flown underneath the radar these past couple of years, just in terms of being great ball players? Um, I would, I would, I'd probably say uh, our starting shortstop for for high school. His name's Lucas Buckner. He uh, he recently just committed to UCF, and he uh, he's a good he's a good ball player. He leads off for us. He hit like in the like high 400s this year he won our uh, district mvp in a really competitive district so he he'll be a junior this year um class 2024 so i think that he uh he's gonna start getting some recognition pretty soon but he just recently committed to ucf so he's he's now starting to get his name out there a little bit he's a, he's okay. a good ball player so if you being what's it called farrago tennessee or how exactly do i pronounce that farragut farragut okay yeah. so is that east middle or is that west tennessee East, East Tennessee. It's uh, okay. 20 minutes from University of Tennessee, so it's in Knoxville. Like, okay, there. okay. So in the state of Tennessee, obviously that's a good, that's a good high school baseball state, but is, is there a lot of competition there, or is most of the competition maybe in the middle, close to Nashville, or how exactly does that t- state of Tennessee, how does that competition level uh, vary? Yeah, um, our district, I'd say we have like a really, really competitive district, but outside of our district, like around us isn't great. It's, you know, there's good baseball, but our district's really competitive. And then the Nashville area 
and the Memphis area. Like the Memphis area, we played, you know, we played Houston in the state championship. They're uh, they're out of Memphis. Okay. Power five. So there. So they're uh, I would say that like our our district's really competitive around it. It's not the best, but like whenever you start getting in playoffs, later playoffs, like you're gonna start playing some teams from Nashville and Memphis or like, you know, East we're east and then we'll play some like middle and some west teams. Okay. So being so being in Tennessee with there's there's a lot of great baseball venues. Obviously Vandy, Tennessee, those are great baseball venues overall. But when you're playing in the state championship, where exactly is that game held? So it's usually held at MTSU, but we just played at like some like comp like some random complex cuz M- MTSU was like I think they're they're still worried about COVID if I'm not Okay. So so it's you it's been held at MTSU for the last like 15 years. But Okay. This year and last year, um, we've been playing at this con- – I don't even know what it was called, but it was just like – it was just like two turf fields and like – That's – I know. It was really that's, – that's odd. that's odd for a state championship. I know here – I'm from Indiana, and I know here, I mean, we have – we have all of our state championship games. I believe there's five of them, five classes. Mm-hmm. We have them at our AAA Indianapolis Indians Stadium. Oh. Great stadium. I mean, it's a great facility, great experience for the guys in the state championship. You would think being in Tennessee, maybe they put you at like the Vandy fleet field or the Tennessee no, field or something no. like that. No, man, that's crazy. Have you actually ever played on the Vandy or the Tennessee field at all? Yeah, we uh, we uh, we played CAK uh, in like a in like a non district game this year at uh, Vandy, and then played. We also played them at Tennessee. We played CAK at Tennessee and at Vandy. Okay, all right. Um, so moving on from just the travel ball world, high school world. Let's dig into that recruiting process a little bit. Obviously, you're committed to Texas A&M. So let's dig into how that recruiting process started for you. So when did D1 teams start reaching out, and when did you start talking to some guys? Uh, I would say when I was – I think I was 15. I was playing in uh, in Melissa, like the, Dow- like the Dallas area. And, you know, like there are a, lot of, a lot of guys go watch over there, and there's a there's an organization called Five Tool, and they put on, like, great tournaments over there. And so we were playing in Melissa – and I pitched a game where I was up to 88 and I was 15. And that kind of just like started everything. Like a bunch of guys were there watching some, like some guys who were already committed. And I, uh, I threw 88 and kind of just started like everyone, like my coach got a bunch of phone calls just asking for like my number and stuff. And, you know, I had to, I had to reach out. Like he would tell me to like text them. Cause you know, at that age, like they can't, they can't text you. So I had to text them and then I would have to like call them and all that stuff. So, um, it was good. I mean, like it was, it was just like, it was really pressuring, like just like the, the time aspect on it. Like, you know, everyone wants you to go fast and you know, you want yourself to take it slow. So it's just, it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's a really hard process and, like I, I would, I don't say that I miss it because I, I really don't, and I'm, I'm really happy with my decision that I made. But I, I, I think I really liked like the, like the adrenaline and like the, you know, like the fear of like, not really like the fear, just like the feeling of like, you know, I have like a bunch of guys who want me. Like, what, like, what do I do? What's the best, like, what's yeah. the best fit for me, kind of thing. And yeah, I, I really, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was good. Um, had some coaches reach out. Um. After that, 80, 88, and then I hit – I think I hit a home run and a double in the game that I hit 88 in while a bunch of eyes were watching. So that was kind of what kind of what sparked everything was was that game. 
So living in Texas at that time, was it mostly Texas schools or was it guy was it schools that were around the nation? Uh, I would say like it was it was some Texas schools and then it was just like surrounding states, like um like just like the surrounding states of Texas was like So like Oklahoma, was it LSU yeah. or some state uh, schools yeah. like that? Like Oklahoma like st- schools in Oklahoma, Arkansas, um obviously all the Texas like some some Texas schools. Um yeah. So well, when you were having those first conversations, obviously you're 15 years old. I mean, you're still three, four years away from college at that point. Yeah. What's going, what's going through your mind when you're talking to some of these schools that really, really want you to go play baseball for them? You know, obviously like just looking at like money wise, like where I'm going to get the best offer from. And, uh, and then after that, it just kind of comes down to fit. Like, you know, what, what fits my personality the best. And had some schools that were in big cities that I didn't really, I didn't really like, you know, I don't, I don't like city. I don't like schools that are in the middle of like a big city where, you know, it's like traffic and, you know, everything's like crammed on top of each other. That's kind of why I kind of chose A&M was, you know, everything it's, it's in college station, everything's spread out, uh, not a lot of traffic, you know, a lot of stuff to do there. And it's just like, I don't know. And I, I like to hunt and I like to fish. And so all that stuff is, you know, really close. And um, that was kind of like the main reason why I chose A&M was just like okay. spread out and like more like rural. Okay, I got it. So you said that it was pressuring. You said it was kind of pressuring just going through that process, just trying to be time wise, but you kind of mm-hmm. want to take it slow. So how long did that process end up lasting for you? How long was it until you actually committed to A&M? Yeah. So I started getting offers. I'd say the, I would say June. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would say early June. I, early June, I started getting some uh, some Division One offers, and I waited until the end of August. So I would say it took two and a, two and a half two and a half months. Okay. So did you end up taking a visit into College Station before yeah. you actually committed? I sure did. Yeah, I had. Okay. Uh, so, go ahead. Sorry. So what was that? What was that visit like? And did you end up taking visits to other schools? And then how was that College Station visit? How did that excel other schools yeah. that you went to? So I uh, I visited TCU and I visited uh, University of Texas. Where those were the those were the three that I had visited was A and um, TCU and University of Texas. So I liked University of Texas, um, but the only thing like kind of how I was talking about earlier, you know, in a big city, everything was kind of, you know, cram packed, a lot of traffic, you know, so that was kind of like a big, a big turnoff for me at University of Texas was just like the campus itself. Like, I just didn't love it, you know, no hard feelings. Um, and then TCU was, you know, it was a, it was a great, great option. And I, you know, it could have gone either way, but I just, you know, what really set apart was uh the coaching staff over there they were you know it was uh coach rob childress and um coach justin seeley they're they're not there anymore um so coach rob childress is at uh nebraska and coach seeley is at oklahoma state now so but i really liked what they were doing over there you know they um they do a great job with hitting obviously and uh that's like a big big part of my game so i would say that that's kind of what separated um me from the decision of A&M and TCU was okay. the coaching staff. So TCU is technically in Fort Worth and then Texas technically in Austin. So is that Texas campus? Is that kind of like downtown Austin? Is that what the reasoning you don't like it? Yeah, that's, that's exactly why. 
Okay, yeah, because I've never been to either of those campuses. I guess I've never been to AM either. Like I yeah. said, for Indiana, so I don't get down to Texas too often. I got gotcha. you. But TCU, is that like downtown Fort Worth or how far is that from the actual downtown of Fort Worth? No, yeah, it's downtown Fort Worth. Okay, so Fort Worth. So I, I've been to Fort Worth, Dallas one time. And to me, just being like a, like a tourist type of guy, it, to me, it kind of seems like Fort Worth is more like a country version of Dallas. Is that wrong? Is that what Texas think as well? Or how, how I, exactly I do you guys think of that? You. Yeah, I, I like it's kind of like an old, like, you know, like old country kind of vibe. And I, that's, that's, I'm, that's, I'm, that was what made it hard, man. Like, I, I really, I, I thought it was really cool how Fort Worth was like, like all like it was kind of like bricks like like a lot of things were like bricks you know what i mean and it was like old yeah and like kind of cowboy westernish and i don't know i really like that and that's kind of like what kind of what made it so close of a decision was like fort worth itself is like a really really cool city yeah with me trying with like i said with me trying to be an agent like i'm looking into different cities besides like the small hometown i'm living in mm-hmm. and when i went to fort worth i was like man this might this might be the top of my list i went to the stockyards there I thought it was just like a big country theme. I loved it, but I wasn't exactly obviously only being there a couple of days. You don't get the whole vibe of everything. Yeah. So I wasn't sure what actual Texas natives thought. No. Yeah. We, I would, I would, that's, there's a lot of great baseball in Dallas, man. Like you would, um, you would find some great players there. Um, I was in Dallas whenever, whenever I lived in Amarillo, I was in Dallas every weekend in the summer playing baseball, like all of our okay. there. So yeah, man, there's and, and, great baseball there. And Amarillo, that's West Texas, right? Yeah, it's a it's a very very top. <laughs> okay, so how far is that from the Four Sixes Ranch? The Four Sixes Ranch. I don't I don't think I've heard of that. Oh, you haven't? Okay, so the there's this TV show. This is TV show Yellowstone. Have you heard of that? Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> so they had like this Four Sixes Ranch that apparently was like this superstar ranch in Texas. I wasn't sure if that was like a cool if that was just like a TV show thing or if it was actually true. I know it's like a true ranch, but I wasn't sure. Oh, I'll, um, honestly, I would have no idea. I've never even watched Yellowstone. My parents are like actually in love with it, though. So that's funny that you. Okay. Said. <laughs> yeah, we do. So my parents, they started watching it one day. I'm like, Dad, what the hell are you watching? And I just started watching it. I was like, Man, this show's really good. So yeah. I actually I started watching it as well, and I fell in love with it too. Yeah, but that's funny. Digging, digging into your visit at actually at Texas A&M at College Station. So when you were going through your visit, what exactly were you seeing? What were they showing you? And just overall, what was the vibe of that day? Yeah, so um, I started off, we started off in the weight or like the locker room area. So first thing when you open the door, there's like a bunch of uniforms and a bunch of cleats and stuff and like all the trophies of like NCAA tournaments and like all those like SEC tournaments and all that, all that stuff and all the trophies, trophy room kind of thing. Walk in, long hallway, you know, turn left in the locker room and, you know, it's just like, it's crazy so big it's like really nice things you know all the gear that they get and i don't know that was that was uh, that was pretty cool and then we walked out went into the weight room and it was nice i like that and then we walked out onto the field and first thing like the first thing that happens is like a train goes right by it like that's like a pretty big thing in college station like there's a train track right behind the field so like everybody kind of like cheers and stuff whenever the trains like go by and like so like that was like that was pretty cool right away like and there was a train and um like the field itself is just so pretty man like i just love how like the scoreboard is like 
on the left and like it's just like open back there it's just like the scoreboard by itself and like you have, you can hit like home runs like either side of it and like you can see where it lands and like i don't know i really i really like texas a&m's field it's just something special yeah so you excited to be going to a&m and watching some football games i mean i know you guys got a lot of top recruits these past couple of years so mm-hmm. it looks like you guys might be might be heading to the cf two years yeah there's no doubt about that um our official visit is like in November, so we'll have we'll get all of our uh, all the we'll all sign first, and then we'll take our official visit. I think it's the Appalachian State game. I'm not sure okay. yet. Um, so I think that that is when all of us will get up there and get to watch a football game. And you know, I've never even I haven't been to a football game, and I'm like diehard Texas A&M fan, and I've always been one, but I've never been to a yeah. game. Okay, all right. So, how far is College Station from lived in Armarillo? Like nine hours. It's far. Ooh, man, that's a, that's a long drive. And how far is it now from? Uh, Fa- I keep forget Farragut. Farragut, yeah. Farragut. Okay, uh, uh, I there think we it's go. like I think it's like eleven, ten or eleven. Okay. So, so are your so tough for your parents to make it out to some games when you're playing in the springtime next uh, two years from now? Uh, I don't and like I don't know if like they're gonna plan on like. I think my, they're going to let my sister graduate before they like do anything like make a move. Okay. So I don't know if they're going to plan on moving up there or not, or just catching flights, but I don't know. My dad's probably going to retire pretty soon. Like not, not like within the next year, but I would say within like the next three years. So like, who knows okay. where that's going to take them? You know, it may take them back to Texas. So. Yeah. And then how, how much longer does your sister have in high school? So she's a year younger than me. Okay, so they'll just they'll just be they'll just be in they'll just be in Tennessee for one extra year if if they decide to move on something like that. Yeah. So that's yeah. not that's not too bad. But you said you said that you guys are all going to the official visit and signing there at Texas A and M for the no, Appalachian no, no, no. State game. We're not, we're not signing at Texas A and M. Like we're we'll like we'll sign early like in the fall like on National Signing Day and then. We'll... Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, but. For the guys who are going on your official visit with you, so for the class of 2023 heading to Texas A&M, are there guys in that class that you have already pretty much established relationships with? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. We have, you know, we have our we have a group chat and like we're always texting in it and we're really close and we just can't wait to get down there. Yeah, man. Okay. Awesome. That's that's always great to see building up that chemistry so you guys can go uh dominate when you guys actually head to College Station. Exactly, yeah. So, um, how is how is your relationship with the Texas A&M coaching staff? How has that evolved since you've committed? Um, it's evolved a lot. This is gonna this is gonna be a long topic. So, I rec- I was recruited by um, Coach Childress and Coach Seeley, and now they're gone. And from TCU, and Coach Early from Arizona State, and Coach Kane from LSU are now the like the three coaches that like I talk to, and like obviously there's more coaches than that, but. Those are the three that I like mainly talk to. And so it's funny because Slosh recruited me at TCU and I chose A&M and now he's at A&M. So, man, it was just it was, it was meant to be like I was meant to be with him. He's it's, it's a funny story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, they, have, they have a super staff of coaches, man. Like, you know, I mean, it sounds like I mean, you're, you're naming a bunch of other top programs that end up going top program of coaches who ended up going to a and I mean, it sounds yeah. like a great, great coaching staff. Yeah. Coach Early does a great job with the hitting. You know, he was Spencer Torgerson's guy whenever he got drafted. And obviously he was a first round pick and yeah. coach Kane does a great, did a great job at LSU. And obviously coach Slosh has 
done an amazing job at TCU, and now he's with us at A&M, and it's going to be great. Yeah. So let's let's dig into some of the on-the-field play. So if you were a scout watching your game, so this could be on the mound, this could be on the field, batter's box, in the dugout, what would be your personal scouting report on yourself? Uh, I would say, like, the way I try to control the game. Like, I just don't let it get too fast, don't let it get too much. Like, I'm always, like, trying to do things to control my breathing or just control – like what I'm thinking about and making sure I'm always locked in. Um, so I would say that that's like a pretty noticeable thing. Like, you know, if something's bothering me or like bad call or something, like I just try to step out, you know, I do like a little wipe thing with my feet, just like, you know, I'm forget about it next pitch kind of thing. And like, it's like a lot of guys notice that, like I've, you know, talked to some scouts and stuff and they, 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 they like the way that I like slow the game down and just try to take it pitch by pitch and like not let something that's already happened affect what's going to happen if that makes yeah. sense yeah. like so with, with you listed as a, it's so on perfect game as i was just doing some research yeah it says you're listed as a third baseman outfielder and a pitcher so mm-hmm. are all three of those pretty much correct yeah 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 okay okay I mean, i've had times where i'm talking to a player and it says they're a pitcher on perfect game and i start digging into like their pitching repertoire and they're like man i haven't pitched in three years i'm like hey well thanks perfect game what what is for when you had to you know that's you know it's that's always kind of been like a toss-up like obviously when I committed a while back was a you know it was a two-way thing like you know everybody wants to be a two-way when they're younger and you know I've I've I've, I've juggled it but like if they ask me to pitch I'm gonna pitch but if they ask me to hit I'm gonna hit it just it just doesn't it just doesn't really matter to me like obviously, I want to hit. I want to hit more than I want to pitch. Like, if we're being honest here. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, I feel like that. I feel like that's the way for most people. Yeah. So I mean, I'm like, I'm up to like 93, 94. Uh, sit, I sit like 89, 91, 92. So I mean, it, it it can play at the next level. I have good stuff, but you know, it's not really like anything like overpowering. Like it's just, it's just, I'm just gonna be like another average arm in the SEC. Like. It's just like nothing, nothing crazy. So I feel like my hit tool is going to put me above, like put me above the rest and, you know, get me out on the field playing, playing time and all those good things. So you talk about your pitching a little bit. You said you're up to 94, 93, 94. So what else is your pitching repertoire? So what other pitches are you throwing? What speeds and just what's overall, what's your probably your best pitch besides fastball? Um, I would say my change up has really evolved in the past like six months. I, I haven't thrown a change up like my whole life. And all of a sudden I was talking to our, our high school baseball coach. We were just messing around with some, some pitches and some grips and stuff. And like, I just, I just gripped a change up, like a circle change up. And I like pronate, I put, I put my thumb down out. Like as soon as I took my, the ball out of the glove, my thumb went down and then I like pronated it. And like, I've never like, coaches were blown away like it was like actually like disgusting and so I like just kind of like played around with that a little bit and like I've, I've got it I've got it perfected not obviously not like perfect but like it's it's a it's a good pitch and it, it's a good mix between like you know I do a change up and I throw a slider and a curveball so I, I can throw four pitches and I would say that that like being able to mix and like just confuse hitters like that and like have no idea what what you're going to get whenever you could get four different things like yeah they're not going to guess right all the time and that's kind of like what 
kind of puts you above the rest is whenever you can throw like three or four pitches for strikes, like three or four different pitches. Yeah. So like that's that's obviously a big thing. But I would say my changeup is like my best pitch other than my fastball. All right. So when you're going through that pro- – obviously you talk about adding that circle change a little bit. So when you went through that process of adding those two other pitches besides the fastball, like what is that process for you? Are you messing around with grips in practice? Or is it – do you not do it in this actual game? Uh, do you not actually do it during season? Do you do it in the fall? How exactly are you adding pitches to your repertoire? Yeah, um, I would say just playing catch. Like just like – just playing playing catch just like normal, normal catch play. Like I just – just messing around with grips – um, whenever you feel something that feels really good and it looks good, like you just try to build off of it. And I would say that I did most of it in the fall, like just messing around with stuff in bullpens, like in the fall, like before season started. And I would say, yeah, yeah, definitely in the fall, like definitely didn't mess with anything in the spring. Cause we were go, 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 you know, playing baseball. So of course, um, I would say that, yeah, in the fall, and just playing, playing catch and throwing bullpens is kind of how you like find find different things that work for you. If you have to adjust the grip a little bit because you're not getting like the break that you want on it, or I would say most of that kind of stuff happens in the fall. Okay, so flipping it around to the actual when you're actually in the batter's box. So when you're on the undeck circle, you're watching the guy in front of you, watching the pitcher, just getting ready for your at bat. What's going through your mind, and then what is your approach as you're walking up to the plate, and what are you trying to do with each at bat? Um. I would say, I would say my approach is a fastball on the outside corner, looking to drive it to right center field. I mean, that's a pretty basic approach for like most righties who don't want to be out in front of everything. Um, you know, being looking for a fastball way kind of like puts you on time for everything. So like, if you're on time for the fastball way, you're gonna pull a curveball. You know, you're gonna hit an inside fastball because you have fat, you have fast enough hands. Um, you know, change up in, you're going to be fine because you're looking away and you're going to be on time with that. You're going to catch it out, out front. Like, so I just, I try not to think about all those other pitches because I know I'm going to be okay. I'm sorry. There's dogs barking. <laughs> no, no, you're good. <laughs> I'm going to go inside. I was sitting outside, but I'm going to walk inside real quick. Um, so I would say that just, um, being able to, uh, think about just a fastball in the outside corner will make you on time for all the other pitches that are going to be thrown at you. Okay. So just looking back at this past year or two, um, just thinking about the hardest pitchers, hardest hitters that you face, this could be travel ball, high school, um, just overall, who do you think has been the toughest people to face uh, on both sides of the ball? Um, I would say probably like the best, like one of the best pitchers I've faced. Um, Let's see. I faced, Ethan McIlvain at PDP at the PDP tryout. He was like 93, 95 from the left side with a really good curveball. He's going to, he's going to Vandy. Um, I would say that that's probably like the most elite arm that I've seen so far. He was like, you know, whenever you're seeing 95 from the left side with good arm side run, like that's, that's next level stuff. Like that's, yeah. that's really elite. So that was, I would say that's like the most impressive pitcher that I've faced. And let's see, hitter. Um, I don't really know off the top of my head. Like, let's see. I would say any of those, like any of those guys that uh, we played, like in the state championship, like they were all great. Like all those, like I pitched in, in like a couple of innings in the state championship, and 
like all those all those players were really elite. You know, a lot of Power Five guys. But I don't, I, I don't really know. Like, I don't really know one off the top of my head. I don't pitch. No, yeah, you're good. I mean, obviously, if you're if you're in the state championship, I'm sure the teams that you're, the teams that you're facing, I'm sure they have a bunch of yeah. dudes that are just tearing it up. Yeah, but well, you talk I, about I don't the really pitch enough to like know exactly like who's like the craziest hitters like to pitch to. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So you talk about the PDP. So that was just a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. So what was that PDP experience for you? Obviously, there was only a select few guys who actually got invited to go to the PDP overall. So yeah. what was it like being one of those guys? And just overall, what it was eight days. So what was that eight days like for you? So I I just went to the tryout. I didn't make the the, the final team, but okay. Like just just being at the tryout with all those like you know great players and like great competition. You know everyone was you know d1 commit like there was no no sloppy players there so it was just really fun being around all those guys and like even though i didn't make it like i feel like i got a great experience out of it got got in front of a bunch of good eyes and you know like there was already i think there was already half the roster filled up before we even showed up so <laughs> who knows yeah, who knows maybe if you got there a little bit earlier maybe you could have made it I, <laughs> so that's that's something that i'm still digging into as like a agent here in a couple of years is learning all the pdp the What's going on in WWBA, Lake Point, all those. Yeah, so area that, code, all that stuff. Yeah, the area code, I actually have a really good friend who is in the 2024 class doing it. So okay. I'll be able to learn a lot from him on um, this next couple of weeks. Yeah. But for that PDP, when you went to the trials, so what is it? Those first couple of days, those are trials before you make the actual like team gray, team blue, team red, stuff like so, that. So it was, just, it was just one day. It was like an all-day thing. Um, it was East Coast Pro and PDP were together. So East Coast Pro is kind of like area code, like it's the same thing, um, but it's just on the East Coast. So those two trials were together. So like we, uh, we like took BP, ran a 60, uh, and then we played like a 40 inning like scrimmage. Like it was nuts. It was, I think it was like a six, six or seven hour scrimmage and just kind of like getting all the arms throwing and like everyone was getting at bats. And like, that's just kind of basically like what, what it was like was they kind of judge you off your BP and like, you know, you take ground balls and you run your 60 and then like on the side, like during like the BP groups, like you would go to like PDP testing. So like you did like, you know, reaction time or like 10 yard split or like, I don't know. It was like some like weird, like testing things, like where you like, there was like four little things like set up around you and like, you had to like put your hand over like the green three or like something like that. Like, Okay. When, like all the different numbers were like different colors or like a different number. Like it was just like really like odd, like testing things, but like things that like, you know, would like probably if you were fast, like fast reaction time to those kind of things, like, you know, obviously you're going to be like a fast reaction time in the game, which is kind of what they're looking to translate. Yeah. Kind of like a kind of like combine training where it's exactly. not like actually on field play. It's just like your metrics and it's just stuff like that. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. Okay. So with you, with you heading to, just digging into AM just a little bit more before we move on. Um, so you head to AM next fall. So what are some of the things that you're wanting to work on most before you head to campus? Um, I would say like just developing my approach even more. Like, you know, it, it's all it's all mental. It's all it's all approach um, whenever you get to the next level. So you have to be like really, really strong in your approach and not, you know, not not second guess yourself, not not try to change things whenever you're, you know, you're not doing great or like, you know, you just, you just got to stay with yourself, got to sharpen your approach. And I would say that like, just, you know, working like maybe like a two strike approach, like a little bit better. I would say like early in the count, I'm really good. And like, I feel like I'm like 
pretty average with two strikes. Like I used to be really good. I used to have like, you know, I widened my feet out and would just battle and kind of poke and like, you know, poke and poke and poke. And then finally with two strikes, you know, I'd either walk or like, you know, poke a single, like poke a double or something like that. So I would say like just trying to work and perfect like that kind of thing would like is really going to be beneficial at the next level because all the pitchers are going to be even better and have even better stuff. So it's just, you know, it's just developing your approach and your two strike approach would is what's going to help me the most. Yeah. So with you being from, with you being actually grow, growing up in Texas, then moving to Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee doesn't have any major league teams, but Texas has two. So is there a certain major league team that you like to follow? And is there any guys on that team you like kind of maybe model your game after or any guys that you model your game after just throughout the major leagues as a whole? Uh, yeah, I would say that like, I try to, I try to swing like Mike Trout. Like I, I, I've always wanted to finish like, like how he like, he like short finishes like with his, yeah. Like, like with, with the two, with the two hand, like two hand finish. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like a short, short, quick finish. And like, that's always kind of something that I've like wanted to model. Like in the cage, I try to like take a Mike Trout round. Like I try to do like work on his finish and like, it just, I don't know. It really makes you like stay through the ball. So I would say that I like, I look up to Mike Trout, like his swing. And I would say that I probably, probably like mm, probably Nolan Arenado in the field, like fielding wise, like he's, he's something special at third base. And so, yeah, Mike Trout with the bat and Nolan Arenado with the glove would be the okay, perfect so I, combo. <laughs> so I take it third base is where you're wanting to stay at? Yeah, yeah, third base, anywhere in the infield or or corner outfield, yeah. Okay, so have you played like first or second at all? Or is it yeah. just in third when you've been playing? Yeah, like uh, for for sticks, like I just split, I split time at uh, second and third. So like I would just switch off between those two. Okay, so who are those other guys on the sticks who are playing second and third? Um, me and, uh, Nolan Souza would switch off. He's, he's the big Hawaii guy. He's, he's a great player. Um, and then we had a kid come and pick up for us cause we were like down a position player or something who would play second whenever, um, I was playing third, but Souza Souza was playing third most of the time. Then we would switch off and he would just EH or DH. He's not, he's not really a second baseman. So, okay. So who's, who's, who's playing shortstop? Is that usually MJ? Uh no, it's Sam Silas. Okay, and where's he? Where's he going to school at? Uh, Jacksonville State. He's uh, okay. He's he's really 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 talented. He's okay. I, I, back to like a, one of the sleepers. I would say that like he's he's a really he's a really really big sleeper. I mean he he hit great this this week at WWBA. I would say he probably hit in the four hundreds. I think he was like in the top ten event performers. Like he was he played really 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 well. And, yeah. you know, not, not a lot of guys know about him. If, you know, he's committed to Jacksonville State, I mean, he probably could have gone anywhere he wanted to. But I think he wanted yeah. to stay. He lives in Alabama, so I think he wanted to stay close to home and still play at a good good baseball school. So yeah. I think that's kind of what he's one of the sleepers that I would say. Um, but, yeah, Sam Silas is usually playing shortstop for us. Okay. Yeah. So I was able to catch like like the last inning of one of your guys' games yeah. last last week at East Cobb, and I saw I got to see MJ trip hit, uh, but I wasn't there very long, so I wasn't able to see who was playing what. But I was just curious. Yeah. yeah. Um. So let's let's dig into the advisor selection process a little bit. So like I said before the before we started recording was that's what I'm trying to be as an advisor agent. So whenever I get a player on, I kind of like to see the player side of things, why they like how the process went for them, why they like certain guys and why they didn't. Um, so when exactly did advisors start reaching out to you? 
uh it's been like a really really recent process i would say like within like like the past two weeks is like when it's started okay so who are some of those i'm not who but how were some ways that these guys were reaching out to you? Was it in person at WWE at the WWBA maybe, or was it maybe maybe through text message? It was, how yeah, exactly? it was, it was through text message. Yeah, I, I'd say that they watched me play at WWBA, and then reached out through via text message. Yeah. Okay. So what? Like, how exactly were these guys introducing themselves? Were they just like, "Hey, my name's so and so. I work for who, this and this. Yes. I like your game that." Or how? Like, how did those um um evolve? Yeah, so it was just basically kind of like, you know, hey, I'm so-and-so with this agency. And, like, you know, they kind of tell you, like, what clients that they've had and, like, you know, the first-round picks and, like, you know, kind of like what they're offering. And, you know, they they try to build relationships with you. So, like, they want to meet your family and want to meet, like, you want to know what kind of kid you are. So they, like, I think, you know, a lot of guys, like, want to come visit your home or, like, you know, come talk to you and see what you're about. So, so as you go on through this process of actually picking an advisor here, whenever that time does come, what are some key things that you're looking for in an advisor? Um, I would say like the, you know, I want to go to college, but um, if, you know, if it happens to get drafted, like I just, I want to, I want to just do a great job of getting my name out there. Um, And I would say like the, like the, the cut that they get at the end is like obviously a big, a big factor. Like, you know, who's, who's doing the best work for the, the least amount of money kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And so, that's um, kind of like what you kind of go off of is, you know, who's, who's, who's put who in like the biggest names in the draft and like, you know, great, uh, you know, good, like not like crazy prices either. So like just kind of going off of like big name kind of guys, like who, who's had the biggest names kind of thing. Yeah. So like you said, so it just started two weeks ago, but has there been, you don't have to name drop, but has there been a couple guys that maybe have advanced in front of other guys in, in terms of your maybe power? Yeah, ab- yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been some small agencies reach out and then there's been some really big ones. And, you know, I'm just kind of, just kind of, you know, looking at what's going to be best for me, you know, coming in the future. I think, I think I'm going to probably make a decision before, before the summer is over ish. I would say like early fall, I'll have a decision on what agency I'm going to go with. And I'm just kind of looking for, you know, a big agency who, you know, is really personable and just does, does the right things, you know, does you, does a good job of getting your name in the draft and does a good job of, you know, NIL money and like those kind of things. Yeah. So you talk about NIL there. So this is, this is going to be a question near the end, but we can, we can go ahead and talk about it now. So with you with NIL now being a thing to where you can start making money here next fall once you head to A and M or endorsement deals if you go pro, um, have there been any brands that maybe you've thought of being like, oh, this would be a great brand to work with, or maybe having your own personal logo, or has there been any like NIL thoughts in your mind, or has it mostly just been I'm playing ball right now? Uh, yeah, man, I haven't really, I haven't really gotten into any of that. Like, I, I've just been playing baseball. I mean, I think it's really cool how how you can make money as a college athlete, but I haven't, I haven't really like thought about it or anything. You know, I'm just going to kind of let my agent work for that and just kind of go along with the flow. (laughs) I'm sure with that unique hair and that that mustache, I'm sure there might be brands that want to work with you for maybe some type of grooming stuff. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) But uh, So you do have that mustache, right? I still do. Okay. So what inspired the mustache? Was it, was it top gun or did you already have it before that? No. So I, uh, 
we uh we did it for playoffs we we shaved everything and we had a mustache and we dyed it black so okay. now it's it's not dyed anymore but i still have the stash okay so is it is it blonde now compared to like your regular hair instead of the, like the dark no i mean it's still really dark like i have i have I always i have like a full full face of facial hair but it's just not like jet black like it was like it, it looked okay. it looked pretty goofy it was pretty dark <laughs> yeah well i was watching a couple youtube clips and i was like man like that guy like i didn't realize it was dyed I was like, man, how's that guy get his mustache so much darker than his hair? <laughs> but, um, but so let's move. Let's talk about a little bit beyond baseball a little bit. Okay. So when you're not playing baseball, are there certain like different passions that you have that you like to do when you're not on the field? I know you mentioned hunting and fishing. Is there anything else or is there yeah. a lot of outdoorsy stuff? Yeah, uh, I love to golf. Like it's a crazy thing to say, um, but I actually have a tea time in 45 minutes. Funny <laughs> okay. Um, so, is, so I is love there golfing, be- and I think you know I've talked to like some college coaches about it, and like it's just like it's a great like mental exercise, and you know it it really challenges your brain and makes you like it's just a whole like it's I don't know it's just great because you 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 have to compete against yourself, and and it's just like I don't know I just find like it's just therapy to me like I I, I really I really enjoy playing golf like if if something's bothering me like. I don't, I don't mind going to play golf. Like that's just yeah. like something that I can, you know, go do and get my, bra- get my brain off things. So are you usually going for nine or 18 holes when you're going to play golf? Uh, usually just nine. I, I, okay. I get bored. I get bored after a while. That's yeah. That's how I feel when I golf. I'm like, my friends are always texting me, Hey, let's go play 18. I'm like, I'll, I'll stick to nine. You guys can yeah, stay I'll play nine. Back nine. I don't care, but <laughs> yeah, I'll play nine with you. Wait. I'm not playing 18. Yeah. So in your hometown, so, yeah, I like is that to hunt fish and golf? Okay, so in your hometown, is that more of a smaller town, or is it? You said it's twenty minutes out of Knoxville. So, is there a lot yeah. of golf courses around, or is it kind of maybe just one main golf course you go to? Oh no, man! There's there's insane golf courses all over the place. I mean, not in Knoxville. Like, there's like I mean, you drive twenty minutes, and there's ten huge golf courses. I mean, you can play anywhere you want around here. Okay, all right. So I got one last question for you. So you say hunting and fishing. So yeah. what are you hunting? What are you fishing? I know Tennessee, I think there's might be a little bit different animals down there than in Indiana, okay. just normal deer and turkey yeah. and all that. So what exactly are you hunting when you're hunting? Okay. So I'm like a, a really big time duck hunter and I've, I've, we've spent a lot of money on duck decoys and, and shotguns and, and, you know, all those, all those things. And so we, we recently found like a, a pretty good spot in, uh, on the lake and we've been taking a, uh, we've been taking my buddy's bass boat out there and we just go to the blind. And I mean, we've been, we've been killing like, you know, probably eight, eight, eight to 10 on a hunt, which isn't bad in Tennessee. Cause like ducks aren't easy to come by in Tennessee. It's not great. So, I mean, we're, okay. we're in a really good spot. And so I really, really enjoy duck hunting. Uh, we turkey hunted quite a bit this fall or this, um, where, whenever it was, I think it was in spring actually. Um, and so that was that. And then I, I like deer hunting too, but I think I'd, I'd say like duck hunting is top because you're always seeing something and you're always having to interact and you're having to call and like deer, you just kind of have to sit quiet and just wait for something to come. And so I yeah. don't really, I mean, it's fun. Like the adrenaline, like whenever you see one, but like, you don't see one all the time and that's yeah. kind of what is boring. And then I, and then on the fishing side, um, straight bass, just, just bass fishing, bass okay. and crappie, uh, white, so, white, white perch. Yeah. So for duck are do, do, are you usually hunting ducks when they're in the lake or are 
flying sometimes as well when you're when you're hunting. Them. So yeah, a lot of time they're flying. Like we're in a blind in the middle. We're in like in a duck blind in the middle of the lake, and so like there's you know there's birds circling and like all those things, and I'm having to call at them and you know trying to get them to work and fly into the spread. And you know I usually try to get them pretty close before I call the shot for everyone. So like you know if they're if they're like close to landing or like they're they're really they're flying and they're close to us, then I'll 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 say you know shoot them or sometimes I'll wait till they're in the water. It just doesn't really matter. Like if they're if they're close enough, then I'll just you know I'll say shoot them. Yeah. So what happens if you shoot a duck and it's kind of far away? Are you having to jump in and go get it, or are you tra- driving the boat towards it? Do we, yeah, we take the, the boat. Yeah, I don't have. Unfortunately, I don't have a duck dog. I wish I did, but <laughs> okay. I wasn't I, sure. Uh, like I heard those duck. I heard those dogs in the background. I wasn't sure if those were one of your duck dogs or not. No. Yeah, they're just freaking house dogs. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, man, that's all the that's all the questions I got for you. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Really enjoyed it. Um, hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, good luck these next the next couple of weeks when you head to Connie Mac. Good luck next spring. Good luck how in the advisor selection process. Yeah, I'll definitely be following your career from now on. And like I said, just thanks for coming on. And that's gonna do it for another episode of the JKR podcast, episode one of three this weekend episode number 89 overall so we're winding up down to episode 100 here coming up here in a couple weeks really looking forward to that been a long process all the way up to episode 100 but uh before we get there i just really want to thank jet for coming on the show today can't wait to go watch him ball out at texas a&m like i said great ball player great player for the sticks bombers like i said played in the state championship in tennessee this past year so just great overall player Uh, really really had a great conversation loved the content we got from him today uh, but make sure we got two more episodes the rest of this weekend. As tomorrow, we've got Tennessee baseball commit, USA prime player. We got Derek Schaefer on the show. And then Sunday to round up the weekend, we've got Trip Landers, 2023 uh, TCU baseball commit, also plays for the Arkansas Sticks, just like Jet here does today. Um, so just looking forward to the rest of this weekend. Hope you guys enjoy the content. But for any more updates on the podcast, make sure to check out our website. That's going to be www jkrpodcast.com there you're going to find more updates on different guests coming on the show also a little bit of our background on the podcast also check out our social media which is where we're the most active so on twitter and instagram it's going to be at jkr underscore podcast check those out we got enlightened thursdays with pretty much quotes of um, every episode little audio bites of every episode as well talking about different guests so um, just check that out and we'll catch you guys tomorrow